Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record and we get to talking about the show and anything and everything else it might inspire us to discuss. My guest this week is Ali Flores. Ali and I have worked together at both Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater and at a certain major theme park also. He is an accomplished actor of stage and screen. He's got several film credits, including uh, a movie that just came out last year, a Matthew McConaughey movie called The Beach Bum. Ali's also done a lot of commercials. He's worked at pretty much every major theme park in some capacity. He's an improviser, a stand-up comic, and a stand-up teacher a fellow podcaster. He's, he's everything. And he's also pretty awesome and fun. Now, before we start, two things I wanted to mention. First of all, I'm being told that the episodes on the Roku channel, as well as the ones on Sony Crackle, that they're changing. Some seasons have been pulled and not everything is available as, as we had originally thought it was. So it seems like the only place to really rely on having the episodes is still dailymotion.com. So I suggest that's the first place that you go until we get something better from one of the major streaming services. Sadly, this is what we're, we're left with. Hmm. Secondly, and this is kind of a big, important breakthrough. One of my listeners wrote to me and said, you know, they do tell us how many students go to Eastland. And I was like, what? And it turns out in season nine, episode 23, the beginning of the end, which is the first half of the two-part series finale and the hopeful backdoor pilot to continuing the show as Blair being the headmaster at Eastland. Um, In that, when Blair finds out word that Eastland is closing and that she is not going to let it happen without a fight, Andy has a line where he says to her, that's great, Blair. Anything you can do to keep 200 love bunnies in my zip code would be greatly appreciated. So according to Andy, Eastland has a student body of 200. Does that make sense with everything that we have seen so far? I don't know. But this is a huge breakthrough, and I really want to thank my listener for cluing me in. But unfortunately, I'm not able to because I lost the message. Whoever you are, thank you. Write me a note, identify yourself, and I would love to actually uh, credit you and thank you by name on the show. So uh, apologies that I somehow lost track of that. Uh, But uh, I do want to make good and thank you because, as you know, this is a long-standing, deep, big, big question that has been gnawing at me and I think all of you for some time now. Anyhow, back to this week's show, Ali and I watched season four, episode 12, A Royal Pain, which had an original air date of January 5th, 1983. So I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Ali Flores. Ladies and gentlemen, live on tape. On digital recording, straight from Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater, appearing this afternoon only, Ali Flores! 
Yes, the Yay. crowd goes wild. Welcome. <laughs> oh, man, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, so I'm really excited. You mentioned to me a long time ago, like early on, you were like, I want to do this. And I, I just forgot. I'm just a flake. It's okay. It's okay. So it I'm glad this last go round, you commented on something and you want, uh, you know, I still want to do the show, right? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, yes. And so I'm glad we arranged it. Uh, uh, well, I first, I suppose I need to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, it is January 2020. Nice. Mm-hmm. And we just watched the show that broadcast on January 5th of 1983. Wow. So it is Happy New Year. Uh, what is that, 27 years ago? Goodness. <laughs> Holy shit. 1983. We weren't even born yet. Um, no, it's, it's 37 years ago. What's my yeah, math? We 80, were... 83, we weren't born yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> Um, so without feeling uh, compelled to divulge your age, but uh, I always ask my guests, do you have any history with the show? Did you watch it? At I any did. Point? I watched it. I watched it you know, every week, you know, whenever it would come out, um, you know, because back then we, we only had a few shows that were on and you had to. Three networks. Yeah, that's it. Three and networks. That's it, kids. Yeah, you had to. There was no DVR. There was no, hey, let's binge watch the season. You know, you had to wait. A yeah. week, and, and I remember this is one of the shows. Yeah, and VCRs existed, but they cost like thirteen thousand dollars, and they were sixteen thousand pounds. And <laughs> yes, and the tapes I think were five hundred dollars. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, it was uh, yeah. I was I was thinking about that recently, mm-hmm. buying videotapes and being yeah. like, okay, I need to copy this movie onto this video. Oh shit, it's only a two-hour videotape. And I need a three-hour. Yeah, movie. maybe I'll record it at LP. No, the quality goes down. Then. Yep. I mean. These are all the things we don't have to worry about now. Important shit. Once upon a time, managing our video library. Yeah, and you needed a, a separate house to manage to store all your videotapes because <laughs> they're so thick. I yes. mean, there's no easy way to store them. It's I like, know. You, if you have a collection like now, if you look at everybody's digital collections, I mean, you, people have hundreds, thousands of movies or mm-hmm. you know, television shows, all that stuff because they can just it's live just in the on cloud. The thing. Yeah, live in the cloud. It's and if we did that, you'd need another house. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I've, I just was looking at my DVD collection now and I'm Mm -hmm. going, this is good. It's been whittled down over the years to my mostest favoritist. (laughs) Can't tell you last time I actually took a DVD and actually put it in the machine and watched it. I'm like, no, I got to watch Mrs. Maisel. I got to catch up on Schitt's Creek. I've got all this. What Mandalorian? This is a thing. Fuck. I got to watch this too. Now, before we go into the microscopic dissection that I like to do, Uh first I ask my guests, if you would please, Ali, Uh give me just a one to two sentence, quick, quick synopsis of the entire episode, like what you might read in a TV guide. Let's just give a overarching what did we just watch oh okay wow okay um the girls at eastland uh discover they have a royal pain um that they'd like to keep okay let's try that let's try that brevity is the soul of wit (laughs) that is beautiful And uh, I don't. Did I say the episode's called The Royal Pain? I don't know if I. Oh, is it in that. it? Is it even in that? It's called The Royal oh, Pain. Oh wow! Okay, oh, I yeah. thought you were quoting the show. Oh no, I wasn't. Oh, I you're was, wicked clever. I was just thinking it was a. a I was thinking of Royal Pain in the Ass. Yeah, no, you're right. Royalty. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think we're ready to jump in. Are we ready Let's, to do I'm this? I'm ready to jump in. Okay, we start the beginning of the episode in the cafeteria, and the girls are in their school uniforms, so it is during the school week, and the sort of pre-joke before the plot kicks in the sort of structure of sitcom writing is we have to have some shit going on and then the real meat of the episode Mm -hmm. happens so the shit going on at the beginning of this is 
Natalie is criticizing Tootie and is very annoyed because Tootie has decided to, with the drama club, put on a musical production of Oedipus Rex. Which I loved. I loved that idea. I, I feel like someone might have done that. but Have they done it? it this got to be an opera. But They're, for school? Like, for a, a high school? <laughs> no. And it's an all-girls school, so... It's, uh, yeah. Um, we've done other musicals, and the question has often come up, who is going to play the boy parts? Yeah. And this is not answered. It's like, well, if okay, Oedipus is the main character. Mm-hmm. Who is going to play Oedipus in this? Yeah, Joe. Uh, <laughs> it would be Joe. It would be Joe. Let's be honest. It'd be Joe. Um, um, so... Yeah, it's kind of an absurdist yeah. thing of, you know, ha, 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 what if a musical version? But then they're trying to execute conversations about it as though it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And somehow all of the girls who are still working off their debt by pl- working in the cafeteria, right? they're working off this debt. Somehow they have time for all this extracurricular Oh, shit. yeah. So this is the first time I've seen an episode uh-huh. since it left. Um, and the first thing that struck me that I went... Aw, nostalgia. Yep. The laugh track. The laugh track, just the, the awkward laugh track. It was like every show had that. The same people, excuse me, the same people laughing. It's the same laugh track yeah. in every episode, every show. I was here's like, oh a, my God. Here's a, a funny thing. I have always put forth, you are, so many people have made that same illusion. I I personally don't believe there was a laugh track on this show because there there have been episodes and times where there are jokes that just, they come out and just, they fall right. dead. And it's like, well, if they were going to sweeten that, that's what they would have sweetened. Right. Um, and to me, the laugh tracks of the late 70s, early 80s, they had a real artificiality about them that I don't hear here. But oh, I do. so I many people... This episode, I did. Yeah, so I'm... I'm, there are times in my life I've been willing to admit that I'm wrong. <laughs> I am approaching that point right now. Uh, but we have talked about that, you know, comedy was different back then. Like, this was highbrow shit. Yeah. This was, you know, we weren't comparing this to Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. and all the cerebral, all the other stuff that's come after it. And, um, and the other thing is, I've joked, they must have had a hell of a warm-up host. Oh, yeah, you had to. Because there are some episodes where they are just, like, they're laughing too hard yeah. at some of the jokes. And then when one doesn't land, it's, it's, like, the, it's like the bad note in the, mm-hmm. in the orchestra kind of a thing, you know. But anyway, so many people have said that, that I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like, well, no, I know that it's not a laugh track because I don't think it was. I'm, <laughs> I'm having to confront was that it- it's my own arrogance and assumption that I know everything. I wouldn't be surprised if later in the run they did just go to canned, but I feel like at this point, to me, the responses seem varied enough, but I am, I'm, like I said, I'm certainly willing to entertain the possibility I might right. be wrong. Um, so Joe's beef about this Oedipus Rex musical is that she is trying to come up with a slogan to sell the tickets, or is it no? Is it Natalie? Natalie is the one struggling with trying to come up a slo- with a slogan to sell tickets. And Joe, mm-hmm. we have a little callback to an old Joe joke oh. where Joe says, uh, don't worry about the tickets. And someone says, well, how will you get the people to come? And Joe just looks back and glares at them and says, they'll come. Right. 
we've had that before with when they were going to have a little party with some wine they were going to drink. Uh-huh. And it's like, maybe I'll pick up some beer. How are you going to get a hold of beer? I'll get beer. Right. So and she's doing the tough thing. This tough thing. But the, the idea that Joe is so resourceful mm-hmm. and self-reliant, and we kind of love that about her. Who did you crush on when you were? Oh, Joe. Definitely Joe. Uh, definitely Joe. You are, you are what I believe society calls a heterosexual. <laughs> and as I said, many of my friends are straight. I can't condone the lifestyle, mm-hmm. but I'm loving the sinner, <laughs> hating the sin. And um, most straight guys mm-hmm. who have sat across from me when I say, which girl did you crush on? The vast majority, Joe. Yeah, definitely Joe. Not the pretty one, Blair. No, no, no. Blair was too... Blair, to me, personality-wise, was who I, why I didn't yeah. crush on her. Like, I grew up in a very, very poor mm-hmm. town. Um, and, you know, so anything with money or snooty, oh, oh. I, I hated it. It's just an immediate oh, okay. turnoff. Gotcha. Because the neighboring town for us was Naples. Mm-hmm. And Naples looked down their noses at, at in, our in Italy Naples yes Naples Italy, Italy yeah uh, or Naples Florida okay um, they looked down on like they had more drug use because they had more money mm-hmm. um, than we did but always in their na- newspapers it was an immokalee this and immokalee that because immokalee was pre- predominantly Hispanic and mm-hmm. African American uh, wow. com- uh, it's a migrant farm working community you know it's a town gotcha so yeah. they would always just like do that and, and look down so I, I, I was like yeah so I mean, don't get me wrong. I do her, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't date her. Like I do her, and but I wouldn't date her. It wouldn't do do or not date her. Yeah, the Ali Flores. But Joe, story. I was like, yeah, Joe was. Uh, <laughs> Joe was. All, I was all about Joe. Yes. Well, good. I'm glad I, I thought to ask you that because that that's an ongoing survey. I need. I want to yeah. keep going through the course of the show of every every straight guy I have on. It's. Uh, finding out who they and are a little bit Miss Garrett, but we'll get into that. Oh, later. oh, no, girl. <laughs> Oh, the curls. Was <laughs> oh, that your Mrs. Garrett impression? That's why, that's why Mrs. Garrett. Girls, girls, girls. Everybody on the show is welcome to do their Mrs. Garrett impression, and I love it when it happens organically. It's uh, I love Mrs. Garrett. Yeah, I, I do too, yes. Um, so the last sort of to this whole thing is, uh, Blair, who is designing the costumes? Like you fucking do when you're Blair Warner. Uh-huh. And she says, this is what I want. Oedipus to be wearing when he sings, I want a girl just like the girl that married dear old dad. Because <laughs> when it's 1983, uh-huh. a new year, you are 18 years old in high school. You are referencing songs written by Harry Tilza and William Dillon in 1911. Uh-huh. For the vaudeville circuit, <laughs> which is when that song and why that song mm-hmm. was written. Anyway. Just throwing that out there, but that was a joke they could not resist. Oh, yeah, you have to. It's Oedipus. Come on. Yeah, and, and we never hear about him again. Never hear about the show or Oedipus. Or do you? Because I think they were setting up that there's going to be a family issue coming up. Okay, but wow. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have gone with Eugene O'Neill or <laughs> couldn't have gone with. <laughs> nope. Going yeah. Oedipus. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, I think they might have overshot that. <laughs> But then you don't get the cook, the kick-ass joke. Yeah, you don't uh, the, get the joke from the middle-aged vaudevillian yes. writers. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyhow, the, the now as I said, that was the appreciate, appreciate now thrust of the episode. Right. Mrs. Garrett comes in wheeling a big gigantic suitcase, announcing that there is a new student that's just arrived at Eastland, and uh, this new student is named Alexandra, and uh, she does come in 
she she does kind of make a little bit of an entrance with Mrs. Garrett helping mm-hmm. her with her bags. And um, the actress playing her is Heather McAdam. Right? Heather McAdam, though, um, at, when she grew up, yeah, uh, she actually, you don't recognize who she is anymore, like who she is. Uh-huh. Uh, she's actually now James Earl Jones. Oh. <laughs> so that's why you can't really... It's, yeah, it, a lot of people don't know that it's not on James Earl Jones's Wikipedia, but I mean, it is on his IMDb. Yeah, it's it's when her voice dropped. You know, <laughs> it was that was a thing. Um, she looks like she might have grown up to be somebody more famous. Right. She's no. she's got that that perfect, pretty, albeit bland. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Like you're kind of like she probably should have grown up to be on Baywatch or something. Maybe. Like that. But, but see. This is something I was like, when we started getting into the episode, I'm like, oh, my God, the acting is so bad. Yeah. And her in particular. Oh, she was awful. Yeah. Yeah, she was bad. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. She was on the TV series Sisters. From 91 to 96. She was a regular on that. I remember that And um, then she also has other little appearances here and there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Matlock, Quantum Leap, Beverly Hills 90210, Touched by an Angel, blah, blah, blah. But... Um, I knew that there was some sort of a bigger thing in her career than, mm-hmm. than this. Than the facts of life. Yeah. But um, clearly her best acting days were still ahead of her. Thank goodness. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to get into that as we go along. Uh, very quickly, Blair is like, haven't we met? How do I, do I know your face looks familiar? Um, so then we get one of those great sitcom premises. Mm-hmm. Alex is a new student here at the school, but she hasn't been assigned a room yet. What? what? Wacky. So <laughs> Mrs. Garrett offered to put her up here in the cafeteria. You know, in that one single room where the four of you are crammed in like death row inmates. Uh, and Natalie, sure, stay in our room. And I've asked the question many times when like cousin Jerry comes over, when other people mm-hmm. have come by and they've stayed over and they come from that upstairs it's like, where do they stay? They have a fucking guest suite that we don't yeah. know about? Mrs. Apparently. Garrett's room is tiny and depressing. Yes. Uh, so it's it's that sitcom, you know, over there, something exists and you don't need to worry about it. It's I think the, the upstairs um, guest room is yeah. the one that Chuck from Happy Days, <gasps> that's where he lives You're now. Right. <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> And he was there so long, they forgot he existed when yep. Joni and Chachi got married. Yeah, exactly. Chuck did what? Two episodes? Two episodes? I think he went up the stairs and done. Did, he oh, was I thought Richie's... he was in the first season. No, I think he only had like two episodes. Oh, really? And he went upstairs and never came down. Man, I didn't realize that Happy Days was a... a I knew Happy Days was a single camera sitcom right. at the beginning and then went to a three camera with a mm-hmm. live audience. But... I think it was the first two seasons were single camera. Like there were a lot oh. of happy. I thought it was just maybe a season if that, but it was, I think the first yeah. two full seasons of that, which is when you, can you think of happy days without Fonzie entering and the applause yeah. of yay. yay, he's always here. We like him. <laughs> I recognize Thank him. Thank God you got rid of the cardigan, Fonzie. <laughs> Remember when he wore that? Oh geez. Before, before the leather jacket. Yeah. Happy days is a, hot steaming mess of a show and as is it as is Laverne and Shirley that mm-hmm. came after it. So finally Blair is like, I know where I've seen you. You were in town and country magaz I've seen you in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Like you were playing tennis or something. And uh Alex 
Uh, do they call her Alex yet? I refer to her as Alex. She's mostly called Alexandra, but she does appear in a later episode, and they refer to her as Alex, so I'm going to call her Alex. Um, and she says, um, oh, well, I wasn't really playing tennis. I was just practicing my backhand with Bjorn. And that's it, just Bjorn. Bjorn. And, of course, Tootie and Natalie are like, Bjorn Borg? What? And for those who don't know who Bjorn Bjorg, Bjorn Borg, Bjorn Blomberg, <laughs> yep, I'm suddenly a Swedish chef from he was huge. Muppet he Show. was huge in the '80s. He was the he was a Swedish mm-hmm. tennis player. He was the number one world tennis player. He was very young. He was a teen sensation, um, and he helped to propel the popularity of tennis as a sport in the 1970s. He retired at 26 this same year, '83. Boom. And he did do uh, try attempt to come back in the early '90s, and they were not successful. Uh, I do believe I do believe that he uh, his rival, because um, I, I I love tennis and I I, oh, I wish I could you? still play. Yeah, I, oh, I, okay. I used to play a lot. Um, but I believe it was Bjorn and and Jimmy Connors a little bit and uh, McEnroe as well. Oh yeah, they kind of had battles. Yeah, yeah, and they were all like those were the names, the biggest oh, names, yeah. and all over yeah in the 70s tennis was a pop culture thing like mm-hmm. playing tennis and kind of i guess what like yoga is now or something yeah. it's like and and also you're skipping over a gold joke oh please because tootie's the one that bjorn borg and then natalie goes is there another bjorn <laughs> <laughs> yeah so true so true so it all finally shakes down Alexandra is the daughter of Prince Federico of Italy. Everybody loses their shit that she is a princess. Yes. Um, Blair is, of course, the only holdout. Blair mm-hmm. is like, it's not a big deal. Like, they don't even have a and and honestly, when you think of it, if Eastland is such an exclusive school where snotty rich girls like Blair go, you kind of sense that. Is is this really the first time anyone? Yeah, no, 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 no. They any royal be. lineage. They would have some royal. They would if if this is a an upper class, you know, super uh, yeah. preppy type of thing. Yeah, they they have celebrity, yeah, family members. And also, what what I, what gets me is I don't understand how they didn't realize that she was, um, you know, a princess of of an Italian prince with her amazing Italian accent that she. <laughs> Like, it sounds like yeah. she's from Ohio, yeah. but you could tell that she's definitely from Italy and has a, yeah. is a princess of an Italian. Yeah, and she has that beautiful, long, flowing, straight, blonde Italian hair. Yes, yes. And those beautiful, and deep, blue Italian eyes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I thought that's why they threw in who her mother was. Bingo. Her mother was just a stewardess yep. from, like, Princess Ohio. Julie. From uh, yeah, from America. Yeah. So that's I think that's why they're like, you can't do an accent, you can't yeah. do this, and you look. Okay, let's uh, let's write in. We're yeah. gonna write in. She has an American, but that doesn't matter if she's, if it's if she's the daughter of a prince. She spent her formative years growing up in Italy. Yeah. So she would she would speak have Italian the Italian yeah, accent exactly. That's uh, uh. yeah. And um, they're clearly, for her mother, Princess Joy, they're trying to do like a Princess Grace of Monaco thing where Grace Kelly, American actress, Mm -hmm. suddenly became royalty in Europe uh, and all that. So that does happen. And uh, I heard an audible reaction from you when uh, Princess Julie came up in the conversation and Mrs. Garrett said, No, it's such a Cinderella story. (laughs) 
she is just bobbling oh, over. What got me is like I had to write down because I was like, oh my god, she got so high pitched. Her voice got higher and higher with every sentence. Like they were dolphins yeah. at SeaWorld <laughs> doing flips for no reason. That's how high pitched <laughs> she got. And I'm like, oh, oh my god, calm down. Yeah. It was just insane. Yeah. We've talked about how when she's in nurturing mother mode, Charlotte Ray, Mm -hmm. that is, those are her superpowers. But the comedic choices, particularly in the show as it evolves and she becomes more and more sidelined because the stories are about the girls. Right. There's so many more, okay, well, we need to do stuff with her. We need to include her Mm -hmm. in this. And then what little she does have to work with, she's always punching and really going over and pointing you have a visitor i've got news and it's she's always goes just a little too broad yeah and she's so naturally funny she without question Mm -hmm. is a good comedic actress she's not out of her element she's just pushing too hard yeah and uh, it's it's frustrating to watch sometimes i think it's the style though because i was just looking at it and i don't remember like how the style of of you know sitcoms were back then but yeah very over the every actor in the show is very over the top mm-hmm. um and, and there are so many pauses i was like you can drive trucks through uh, the dialogue pauses kathy I'm baker like, would literally said that last week uh, she like, said the same thing oh you're right my god you are totally jump right jump on the lines people let's go pick up your cues yeah a it was note. so I'm like, yeah. this is so bad. Yeah, we as actors get that all the time. Pick up your cues. Yeah. Which means don't say your lines faster. Just take out the air between the lines. And it so much. goes so far when you're doing, particularly in comedy. It helps so much. Um, so the uh, there are jokes about, um, oh, this is the closest a princess die will ever be. And Blair mentions being glued to the TV set. I'm sure you were too, Alex. And she's like, oh, I didn't get to watch it on TV because I was um, there. And Blair, just Blair is really, really not impressed. Not at and all. And not happy that there is this girl who potentially could be snootier, richer, and of higher status than she. And and I wish they would have gone with that as a choice. They should have made her act richer, higher status. Mm-hmm. Because it felt out of place when she tried, like she would do certain things and try to give like a, mm, you, know, you know, I'm better than you type of thing. Yeah. And I'm like... No, you're not. Nope. You look you you look like you just got off the bus. Which, by the way, costuming should be shot. Um, she should have been wearing something way nicer. Oh, designer, S- everything beautiful. Well, definitely the costuming could have better dictated mm-hmm. her higher status. And and it even is stated where it's like, okay, it's not what we're we're not seeing this in the performances or in the costuming. But when the girls are helping Alex take her bags out of the room. Natalie turns to Blair and says, hey, Blair, it's like you said, there's a certain social pecking order and you're not Big Bird anymore. Yeah. And yet this girl, if the intent was, and um, this is a good time to take a moment and talk about this. If the intent was to bring in this girl and make her a foil for Blair or a competitor for Blair, not the best casting choice. No, not at all. No, Lisa Welchel is extraordinary and was from minute one in the worst of the shows in the first season, mm-hmm. Lisa Welchel was such a clear standout of extraordinary ability for someone yeah. so young. And this, Heather, uh, bless your heart, you're, you're giving it a 
community college try here. But the fact is, what was really going on here, you may not know, Ali, it's 1983. We're halfway through season four. By the end of season four, Blair and Joe have to graduate from high school oh, yeah. and leave Eastland. They can't keep them there forever. Mm-hmm. So the original intent was maybe we might be able to spin them off into another show, right. like a college show, but we need to start thinking about repopulating Eastland and say maybe this could be a rotating mm-hmm. roster of students and have Charlotte Ray be the center of gravity there. And we do have Alex in at least one other show. She might even be in a couple others, but um, before the end of this season and then by next season, she's gone. It's like next yeah. season is when they start Edna's Edibles. They move them all over into the bakery. And um, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's, a, it's disappointing and sad because you're like, wow, they probably looked quite a bit to find this girl. And in their minds, it's like, this isn't a one-off. This is a girl we need to know we want to Mm -hmm. work with and can fit into the show and could be woven into the tapestry that we already have. And it's like, the the main crux of the show is don't run off. Stick around. You might like it here. I'm like, or or you could go. Yeah. I don't find you that appealing or have any particular desire for you to stay. You're contributing not very much, Mm -mm. sadly. And <laughs> that's that's shitty to say, but, you know, hey. Yeah. To criticize something is to care for it. <laughs> I criticize the facts of life because I, I care, care about it. Um, so then we go into the bedroom where they're setting up the sleeping bag for her mm-hmm. to stay in. And um, let me let me let you talk about the show. What does Tootie discover in her in her suitcase? That is a telling aspect about her personality. Oh, the pennants. Uh, yes. The, yeah, all this. Oh, you have yeah. Side, quite a collection of these. And big name prep schools. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't recognize any of them except Groton was one yeah, of them. Yeah, that was one. And, uh, I think uh, it's from the O, uh, the Aw region, the Aw Groton. The Aw <laughs> region. Um, Thank you. But um, um, basically, it's like, wow, you've gone to a lot of really high profile schools. And we're more interested in the quantity than the quality of them. Mm-hmm. And she responds that she's been kicked out of some of the best schools in the country. And they're like, why were you kicked out? And her response is, oh, stuff. Yeah. Whew. And, um, and that's pretty much it. There is, oh, one of those great illusions when they're like, okay, we got to go down and set up for lunch now. And she's like, y- to do what? And they're like, well, we cook the food and clean up and feed everybody. And she's like, don't they have people that do that here and natalie's like yeah us, us. yep <laughs> yeah we're the people yeah um yeah and i it, i love how she says uh what is it they and they add to it too it's like um you've been kicked out of four you know schools she goes oh well this year yeah but here's the thing that i kept thinking about that i'm like yes your your parents have a lot of money mm-hmm. you know he's a prince in italy but after the second one they don't yeah. pay anymore. I'm like, I don't care how yeah. much. It's like, no, you're not going to these anymore. It's like, this is. Yeah. Or, or honey, what's wrong? What's exactly. going on? Uh, the fact I don't want to be apart from you, my parents, and you don't show me any attention. And right. this is, this is a cry for attention, which even a Ellen Keller could see. That's right. what this is. So it's like, uh, I agree. It's that, like, no, that just doesn't. Wow. True. Yeah. 
Then we have a scene in the kitchen, and it's simply the girls fighting over who gets to introduce. It's like Tootie and Natalie are still really starstruck. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Mrs. Garrett's focus of this is that Alex has been here, and she clearly hasn't been there that long. Right. But she, it's like, Alex hasn't eaten. I wish she would eat something. She's been traveling this whole day. She just got here. She needs to eat something. And then it cuts to her in the bedroom. Alex has got a gigantic submarine sandwich. Uh, we're in Peekskill, New York. They might call it a grinder. A grinder. And uh, she is sitting on the bed eating, and next to her is a boy in the bedroom. Yes. Of the girls. This boy's name is Greg, we find out. And uh, uh, let's pause and take a moment to talk about Greg. Um, I, I have thoughts. You have on thoughts. On Greg. On Greg. Another poor casting choice. Oh, dear. What I wrote was, really? This <laughs> is the guy the princess hooks up with? Uh, yeah. This schlub of a guy? Yeah. Other than he looks like he might be part Italian and might remind her of home. That's literally all I can yeah, give. It's just like, no, this, no. There's, there's nothing about this guy that stands out at and all. I counted at least three, and there were probably more, where he was doing that excessively over natural acting where he was stammering yes. and repeating his lines and he was talking and he was talking like this and saying well maybe I'll well maybe I'll meet you later at the bus station he was doing that yeah. that overly mechanical uh, I am going to repeat myself because it sounds more naturalistic and less robotic yeah and it's one of those that that shit wears very thin it, you can deliver a line honestly and say it only mm -hmm. once and um We'll get to it. I'm assuming we're going to get to it when we get to that part. But uh, there's a, a horrible example of what you're saying right now. Oh, okay. That's coming up. Okay, good. But before we do that, let's talk about the actor, Jimmy Barron. Jimmy Barron had a smattering of tiny roles up until about 1985. Then he had a long period of nothing. And uh, here is the great surprise, Ali. Jimmy Barron is the six degrees of facts of life. Okay. That connects you and me to this TV show. Okay. Jimmy Barron was in the 2008 movie Sex Drive in the role of wow. Church Dad. Wow. Sex Drive was a road buddy comedy <laughs> in which our dear friend Michelle, Michelle Sims, Sims played a drunk Amish girl in a, in a memorable yes. cameo performance. She's fucking hilarious in it. Seth Green directed or wrote it? I think he produced it or something. Yeah. I think he produced and he did a tiny little role in the Amish country and all that. But uh, Jimmy Barron was in that movie. So due to him, wow. you and I are, are now connected, connected to the facts well, of life. I, um, I, could, I was connected before that. How so? I worked with uh, Kim Fields. Oh, did you at Nickelodeon? At Nickelodeon. When yeah. they were here? Okay, yeah. well, we're going to talk about your career in just a couple of minutes, so <laughs> I expect you to include that. Also, Mrs. Garrett and I hooked up once, but we'll oh, get to that. Oh, nice. Hot. I want to oh, hit. Oh, Holly! <laughs> <laughs> Flores! It means flowers! I love flowers! I'm coming! <laughs> oh, dear. Um, anyhow... Uh, so the deal is, he spent 13 years as a morning host on Atlanta Station 99X as a morning radio show host. Nice. Then he left that to host another neighboring station in Atlanta for two years. Then he got out of the business altogether, and Jimmy Barron is currently uh, a very... <clears throat> 
high-profile realtor in the Atlanta area. Good for him. You can go to his page at Realtor.com and find him. And if you're in the Atlanta area and you want to buy a house, you could purchase it with the help of a Facts of Life cast member. Wow. So Alex and Greg are commiserating. And uh, he says to her, you think Rotten was bad? This is terrible. Now I'm in a military school. It's like jail. And so we have to assume that Stone Military Academy, which was the academy that they tried two different backdoor pilots and both failed. Um, But Greg basically says, come with me. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And um, before she has a chance to respond, or she does kind of say, well, I just got here. Yeah. And he, before she has a chance to respond to him, Tootie comes in and is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why is there a boy up here? He can't be here. Get out of here. And this is where Alex says, we ran away from Groton together. And Tootie's like, ran away? Mm. You said you got kicked out. And so she's like, ha, ha, ha. But he apparently climbed up the window. So Tootie says, go out the way you came in. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And so his last words as he looks out and he says, Alex, I'll be at the bus station at midnight. See you, I hope. And then he goes out the window. Did you have any more thoughts on? No, uh, on that scene, uh, the only thing I, I didn't, uh, I was like, okay, it's a little much from Tootie. Um, the yeah. reaction's a little much. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Tootie even doesn't just go, uh, yeah, I'm, I got to go tell Mrs. Garrett. Because we've already, it's not like they've, they've bonded. They haven't no. bonded at all. No, at not at all. all. And yeah. so it's like, I don't owe you any loyalty. And you've already admitted that you've been kicked out. You've, you've had four things. You're like, I don't need that kind of negative energy in my class. Yeah. No, like, um, I see, yeah. Hey, Mrs. G, this is what's going on. Yeah. Or at the very least, Tootie could have said, "What you, boys aren't allowed here. Don't you know that? Yeah. Type of a thing, as opposed to just it being a declarative. Yeah. How the fuck do you not understand that a yeah, boy is not? She just got here. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but yeah. boys aren't allowed. And oh. You're going to be in a heap of trouble. So I suggest we get rid of him. Or you're going to get kicked out of Eastland, yeah. too. So the final moment is uh, inexplicably, or at least oddly, in spite of the fact that we really have not had any bonding time for Tootie to know whether this girl really does belong here or right. is an asset, the last words are Tootie is, no, don't go. We have great times here. You'll see. Mm-hmm. Long close-up that... of Alex. And and nothing happens on her face. Like, I can understand that if they're doing that and you get to see the action and her contemplating stuff or whatever. But it's just the long, like, oh, Dead my God. Eyes. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. When, when are they going to call cut? Is yeah, I was like, did cut? they not cut it? Like, yeah. <laughs> guys, what's going on? So uh, that's how we go to commercial. Now, Ali, while we are at commercial, yes. this is where I like to get to know my guests okay. and expose you to the world, as it were. I can't do that anymore legally. I know. I heard. Yeah, <laughs> I heard. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, Ali Flores, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Naples, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, but I grew up in Immokalee, which is about 30 minutes, um, I guess, west. Uh, no, east of Naples. Because Naples uh, is on the west coast, yeah. is it not? So it's yeah. about 30 minutes east um, right there. Uh, Central Florida, down south. Uh, technically, yeah. I grew up in southwest Florida. Yeah, Naples, uh, like, from here is, like, a four-hour drive? Ish, yeah, about four, because it's about three to get to Immokalee. Yeah. Um, and then if you keep going on 75, yeah. uh, you go down heading Heading that way, heading as opposed south, to yeah. down 95 to get right. to Miami or Fort Lauderdale. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I grew up there, and uh, it's a very, very small town. Like, uh-huh. I mean, Sleuth is bigger than Immokalee. Um, 
And, and so, you had said it was a very poor community. Oh yeah, very much neighboring so. the rich people of Naples. Yes, yes. and um, uh, I think we were we were voted fourth worst town to live in in America, <laughs> no. like recently. Um, oh. And I was like, "Come on, Immokalee, we can get to number one. Let's do this, <laughs> slackers." Um, and then, uh, did you? When did you start performing? Gosh, when, when I was little. I mean, I you, were a I, kid? I, you, get, you may have remembered me as lettuce. Um, <laughs> in the Peter Cottontail uh, story in the third grade. Okay. Um, no, I, I, started... I missed that one because I was working that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, so I started in elementary school, and my first role, I guess, was yeah. fifth grade. Me and my me and my buddy Rob Massey were the two leads in this Christmas play. I don't uh-huh. even remember what the Christmas play was, but I do remember doing this in that play. This is the only thing I remember uh-huh. is us do not doing what you should be. Mm-hmm. But we were. It was like we were kind of like. Um, was supposed to be like covered in soot okay. it was some kind of thing dickensian street yes kind of like that mm-hmm. and we kept sneezing on purpose to see if our hats would fall off and fly off and we kept <laughs> doing that to fly the hats off uh just messing around so and and you have upheld that level of professionalism I have, I have. into your adult life yes. wow um so that's what i got hit bit with the acting bug uh-huh. so and um, then did you study did you go to i did college um, and study and what was i that? was i was you know i did all the theater in high school and stuff. And then I went to junior college in uh, North Florida, it's a place called Chipola. It's in Mariana. It's about an hour northwest of Tallahassee in the okay. Panhandle. Uh, I went up there to play baseball. Oh. Um, because unbeknownst to a lot of people, if you look at me, you don't see it. But I'm pretty athletic. Like uh-huh. I, anything with sports-wise, I'm, I'm decent at. Uh-huh. Uh, I played all the sports uh, when I was growing up. Um, so I went to play baseball. Mm-hmm. And then I got cast in a play. Uh, the nerd. Oh, okay. Um, but I had to stop playing baseball because of that. Like I remember having the meeting with Coach Hughes, and he's like, "Listen, do I? You're, you've made the team. You got a scholarship. Um, you can probably, you'll probably transfer to a big school, but I don't see anything after that. So because I'm, I'm tiny. You know, I don't have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're, you're good. You work hard. You got a great bat. You don't strike out. You hit. You just don't have a lot of power. I'm slow." Um, but I stop everything that comes near me. Um, uh, so I got a good glove. Yeah. He goes, so I go, so you're saying stick with baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped playing baseball and dedicated to the theater and wow. then transferred to UCF. Um, mm-hmm. out here. BFA. Yeah. Beautiful. Orlando. It's technically Orlando. I, I want to say somehow UCF is surrounded by Oviedo. Yes. But and yet it's it is still not Orlando. in Oviedo itself. It's still which, properly Orlando. Yeah. Um, so I went to UCF. I transferred in 95 and was part of the BFA program. Okay. There. Uh, with Tim Williams and, and Don, Mike Marinaccio. Mike Marinaccio. All of us. We had a kick ass class. Like yeah. it was a good group of people. Don uh, Fowler. Yeah. So. Um, I started working in theme parks, uh, mm-hmm. like you do if you're in Orlando. So, and uh, where did your improbabilities come from? Did you? That was just me. Like I was, I naturally yes ended. Um, okay. In, uh, in high school and growing up, mm-hmm. like because I grew up tiny. Like I graduated weighing 119 pounds. Wow. Uh, I, and how tall are you? I am five six now, but like okay. at let's say that's high school. I was so excited that I hit five foot. Oh wow! And a hundred pounds. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Uh, so I was really tiny. Wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, so I developed comedy. Mm-hmm. I was the funny one, so I didn't get beat up all the time. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, I got into fights a lot growing up, but once I became the funny guy, I, other people would fight for me. Oh. Like, whoa, you can't mess with Ali. I was like their pet. 
Oh, Great. oh yeah, no, uh, I get that. I and um, I also know you as a very accomplished stand-up comic as well. Yes. Where did stand-up come into this whole path? I started doing stand-up in junior college. A buddy oh. of mine uh, wanted to do, there was a competition in Panama City, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coconuts was my first time doing stand-up. Um, and he said, let's go do stand-up. So we did more two-person sketch. Oh, okay, yeah. And we gotcha. won the competition with that. And we won twice, and then he was like, I want to kind of see what happens if we go one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And he got booed off the stage in like 30 seconds, and then I won. Oh, shit. So um, that's when I— You're like, see you later, loser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jason. Um, but <laughs> So that's when I started doing stand-up. But then when I transferred to UCF, they didn't have competitions like that, so I stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until 2009. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. I opened the American Idol experience. Oh, yeah. At Disney, and I hooked up with— some other people that opened the show as well. Yeah. Uh, Arnie Ellis, oh, um, yeah. Rainey uh, Lawrence, and uh, Sean, Sean Klitzner. Klitzner. And so we were all talking comedy, and Rainey, Rainey is a huge director, theater guy, like yeah. an amazing actor. So he had connections at Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center. Um, so he goes, how much time do you have, Ali? And I said, maybe three minutes. This was back in 1993 when I started doing comedy. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that was years ago. I don't have any. He goes, we'll get 15 because we're going to do a show. I already booked a room at Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center. Yep. We're going to do it at TPAC. Um, so, yeah, we. I just... And you four did do a lot of stuff together yeah, we as were the, the unusual, unusual suspects. The unusual, usual suspects of comedy, the unusual suspects of comedy. Yeah. And we did shows everywhere. And that's basically, that. that's what I consider my birth as stand-up comedy wow. 10 years ago. Are you here at Sleuths much anymore these days? Um, yeah, every now and then, yeah. I, 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 I grab a show every couple of weeks or yeah. so. Yeah. We play some of the same roles, so we mm-hmm. have the ability to miss each other simply right. by nature of we wouldn't be here at the same time. But but I've always enjoyed performing with you. And Likewise. Uh, and that's it. It's like we started this in 97. Yeah. So off and on, we've been ago. performing together for 23 years. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's, that is <laughs> insane. It's crazy. That is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. So thank you for not just doing the show. Thank you for wanting to do the show. Yeah, I'm that's, so excited. That's I was like, always yeah, thrilling. Love it. And, and now we need to return to find out what is going to happen what with Alex. I'm, I'm about to Alex. I'm about to pee myself. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so then um, we come into, we come back from commercial in the kitchen. And uh, it's immediately following the previous conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alex comes down and it's like, oh, good, you'll have some food. And when are you going to get your school uniform? And she's like, ah, I'll wait till tomorrow. And Tootie's like, no, get your school uniform today. Like, Tootie has, th- the stakes are so high for Tootie to lock this girl in. Right. Why? I don't know. We don't know. And it's, oh, anyway. Then Mrs. Garrett comes in. And through a series of wild gesticulating arm movements, mm-hmm informs us that she has just gotten word that Alex's parents are coming for dinner. And Alex is genuinely thrilled. Mm-hmm. And um, when she asks, where could I take them? Where's a not a spot place where we're not going to be mobbed by the twos of people that know who we are? And Edna says, why don't you take them to Shay Edna? I'm Edna. <laughs> and... And it's like, really? And she says, well, why don't everybody join us? And Edna does point out, I learned haute cuisine in Paris, which she did in the TV movie, The Facts of Life Goes to Paris, which broadcast the previous <laughs> September. Uh-huh. Wow. Callback. Boom. Um, so it's on. We're going to have this great 
elegant dinner mm-hmm. here at the cafeteria yes. of the skull. Uh, next scene, uh, all the preparation and fussing over the dinner table, over the setting, over telling Joe her table manners and all this, how to yeah. use soup spoons, how to butter your bread. Finally, we hear the limousine pull up, and in comes not Alex's parents. Who is it? The assistant. Yeah. Um, God, what's his name? I forgot his name. Alfonso. Alfonso. Uh, Alex knows him. Clearly, mm-hmm. he's been a part of her upbringing. I did notice smartly when he says, oh, I'm sorry, you're disappointed. He does walk over and put his hands on her shoulders. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that was some good blocking and direction mm-hmm. where we understand that they had some sort of a history. They have a, they have a relationship. He's, he's Alfred. He's, he's oh, totally. Alfred to her. Totally. And, you know, takes care of her and is the comfort because he he also knows that they always cancel they always do this mm-hmm. and he needs to be the comfort yeah yeah and it's played by uh he is he is playing italian mm-hmm. and he is an english actor named patrick horgan it's weird that he does Patty not ho patio yeah. p-ho <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it turns out p-ho does not have a wikipedia page hmm. isn't that weird even you know little bit part actors no like when you look up other things that have minute, his name is in red. A red name on Wikipedia Aww. is sad Aww. because he doesn't have a page. Well, that's okay. He just didn't do much. Um, didn't do he much didn't episode. do much except on a certain soap opera called The Doctors, which ran from 1970 to 1974. He was on 429 episodes, Ali. So he was a regular. He was there every episode, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of episodes because it's yeah. a daily show. Yep. A five days a week show, but... Hopefully he made some bank and saved up his money. No shit. But uh, yeah, he was he was Dr. John Morrison mm-hmm. on The Doctors. He was Dr. Drake Ramore. <laughs> Regina Falange. Yes. Um, <laughs> so Alex is really disappointed. He is comforting. She even went and got her uniforms. They had made a fuss about mm-hmm. the fact that she looks like a real Eastlander. But we do have one of my mostest favorite things in the world is flirty Charlotte Ray. Oh my god. Like she I was like calm down, girl. Like you can you can hear the moisture in her underpants. Drip, drip, drip. Like by the oh. way, that's what her vagina sounds like. Uh, 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 thank you. <laughs> we know you are experienced and have insider knowledge of that. Um but the fact is I've always said her her in full-on romantic mode has been kind of like, but her in flirty mode is beautiful. Oh, my God. So it's he great. kisses, when, when Al, Alfonso meets her and kisses her hand, um, he says, oh, a pleasure to meet you, madam. And she's like, oh, no, the pleasure is mine. And she and, even gives him like a we're like, gonna bang look. Like yeah, that, and, that and she look gives him of, like the look up and that, yeah. those eyes that look up and down a man like a searchlight, you know? <laughs> And uh, yes, so uh, the excuse why the parents aren't there is that they were invited to the White House and uh, Willie Nelson was entertaining. Yes. It's like, okay, they get to dine with the Reagans, but Willie Nelson. Come on. Girl. Priorities. Yeah. Look at you. You're an unappealing (laughs) new character on a sitcom. It's Nobody Willie wants. Nelson. If if this was on TV on another channel, people would be flipping the channels to yeah. watch. Even the parents knew you weren't returning. No. <laughs> like, why are we going to make the trip? Come on. Oh dear. Anyhow, um, so they do say, well, why don't you, Alfonso, stay for dinner? Oh, but I couldn't. Oh, but you must. Oh, and and that was a that was a 
oh, yeah. but you must. She's, like, she was... She was, was like, undressing oh, him with her eyes, oh. and oh, yeah. And uh, and then, of course, we get the final punchline of the scene. Joe puts her arm around him like they're buddies. Okay, Alfie, let's chow down. Yeah. There it is. When when does this happen? Because this is what I, I um, foreshadowed earlier. Um, the, uh, the joke with... Um, Joe calling, are you going to lay an egg to Blair? Oh. Because um, it was so, earlier. It's so awful. Like, it's that stammering, but it's bad stammering. It's oh, not, oh bock, okay. That's Bach, Bach, yeah. Bach. It's like. Yeah, I saw what? the royal. I didn't watch the Charles and <clears throat> Diana wedding earlier. Alex says she doesn't. She didn't watch Charles and Di's wedding. She was there at Buckingham Palace. That's it. Buckingham Palace. And Blair Palace. says, you were at Buck. Buck, Buck, and Awful. Joe's and Joe's response is, "I think she's gonna lay an egg." Sheboygan, you know, it's like <laughs> it was so bad. Like Buck, Buck, yeah, Buck. I'm like, no, that's not how stammering words. No, you are, uh, bu- uh, bu- 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 uh, uh, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Agreed. It so no, that was that was pretty awful. Yes. Um. So then we have the bedroom scene. Um. Really and truly, nothing happens here other than Alex is sneaking out and Tootie catches her and follows her. And through a series of things, the other girls wake up and go downstairs to get all right. of them into the cafeteria for the next scene. Which, by the way, I was sat there and go, okay, she looks like Blossom, by the way, uh, with, with that, that hat and the, and the yeah, outfit. A knit and, cap. Okay, yeah. so they had to help her with her luggage, but she's only taking a little handbag. What the fuck? Like, really? What the shit? I agree. You're just going to leave all that shit. I guess rich people just do that. They're like, you know what? I'll just buy more stuff. <laughs> but but she travels with all of the pennants from all of the schools I that know. she has abandoned. I know. Why it's would like, you keep them? Yeah, yeah. No. Not cool. Only two moments of note, though. One is that because Natalie is sleeping in the sleeping bag on the floor, <laughs> when Tootie jumps down from the top bunk, mm-hmm. she <laughs> lands on Natalie. So Natalie's like, ow! And... So she's like, what are you doing? And Tootie's like, never mind, Natalie. I'm sorry. I forgot you were there. Go back to sleep. And Natalie's line is, I can't. You're standing on my face. (laughs) See, that is an organic choke. That totally works. Yes. There is no sweat or construction about it. It's beautiful. It's pure. And then to get Blair and Joe down there. Oh, by the way. Perfect pools of light on each bed oh, in yeah. this darkened it's bedroom. It's crazy. It was also, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, everyone's face is lit. Nice. Yeah. And then who the hell wears? Who goes to sleep in those pajamas? Oh my god. Who goes to sleep in those pajamas? At least Blair's were fitting. They were satin or silk yeah. or whatever they had. Yeah, they were. Joe had some just like pants and stuff, but but Tootie had like this dress or like a whatever. flannel nightgown, like a like yeah. it was, but it was all the way down to her feet. Like I, I expected her to go and I in my kerchief. You know, and, and you know, and you know that kind of thing. I'm yes. like, what are you doing? Yeah, who wears this? Yeah, no it, one wears. No one. Yeah, it wasn't a nightgown as much as more like a nightshirt, and it didn't go to her feet. She had on striped stockings. Oh, all the way up to her knees, so you couldn't see any of her flesh. You couldn't see any it's of her insane. legs. And it's like who? <laughs> who dresses you people? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And then in order to get, so Tootie and Natalie go out and then Blair and Joe are left and they've been woken up. And Joe's motivation to get out, to go down there is, what, are they going down to the kitchen? What, they better not touch the chocolate mousse. I was planning that for breakfast. Yes. And this mousse suddenly becomes the most important thing Mm -hmm. to Joe. 
than, and we've never known Joe to be a real food whore. Mm-hmm. She's never been an obsessive type of a. Except fixi- for her bike. Except her bike, yeah. But it's just, again, odd. So then we end up in the darkened cafeteria, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? And Alex is like, I'm running away. She's going to be going to the bus station to meet Greg mm-hmm. and uh, Tootie. You can't keep running away. And it's like, wh- why? Yeah. You know, go. You don't want to be here? Go. Bon yeah, voyage. Peace out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she says, well, it's because, you know, my parents. Me, me, me. And Blair says, smartly, I have three fathers who never show up to anything. Yeah. Blair's always talked about the scandal that her mother's been married three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, when Joe does come in the room, she's like, who took the moose? It's not in the fridge. Yeah. Then in comes Mrs. Garrett, and she has an Alka-Seltzer. And she says, they're like, what are you doing here? And she says, I took some of the leftovers to bed, and they're not sitting right. And Joe was like, was it the moose? (laughs) You ate my moose. Yeah. And Mrs. Garrett says, oh, and the moose is just sitting there, antlers and all. (laughs) Oh, that's where that joke was going. There it is. Um. So, again, one of the smarter lines in it. Mrs. Garrett's like, why is she dressed? What's going on? Why are you all mm-hmm. up here? And, and Mrs. Garrett is like, what are, you, what are you doing? Why are you up and why is she dressed? And one of the smartest lines and most appropriate character lines. Joe turns to Mrs. Garrett and says, uh, remember how I was when I first got here, yeah. always running away from things? She's as bad as I was. Mm-hmm. And it's like 100% true Yep. and good that Joe has that and, and Joe does have that much self-knowledge and awareness. Well, Joe had a story arc. I mean, she's had a character yeah. arc. She's, Agreed. She's yeah. grown. She's, yeah. Yeah, Great. she's the deepest character, and mm-hmm. she didn't even show up till season two. Right. Um, so they're like, don't you like it here? Alex says, I got to go. I just have to be someplace where I belong. And Mrs. Garrett says, but people have to get to, and this is Mrs. Garrett's tender uh-huh. moment, but people have to get to know you before they can care about you. And then uh, one of them says, yeah. Basically, she says, yeah, we're down here trying to get you to stay, and we don't even know you, and we don't even know if we care about right. you. And this woman's got a moose in her stomach. <laughs> waka and, waka. Yeah. And so she does say something like, well, you guys are kind of fun. And someone says, yeah, and that's after one day. Mm-hmm. And then Mrs. Garrett takes her hand and says, you want to try for two? <laughs> Cue the clap track. Yes. Uh, cue the everything. Yeah, it's... Uh, cue, the, cue the space work of, oh, <laughs> we're just going to stand here, yeah. pose in a tableau, and enjoy ourselves. Did she even answer her? No. No. She doesn't answer. Do no, you want to try for two? That's called ambiguity, Ali. <laughs> that's what deep riders ride. We don't know. She going to stay, she going to go. You don't know. You don't know. That's deep. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> like immediately after the credits, she's like, all right, I got to go, bye. Yeah, Bye. exactly. I'm out. And, and we would have been perfectly okay if she did. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we have come to the end of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, along the way, we've given the writers many notes. Yes. That I will send back in my time machine. Uh, anything else you want to add? Any other critiques? No, I just thoughts? wanted to, uh, I wanted to uh, tell the story of how I worked with Kim. Cause oh, you oh asked, that's right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, that. please do. So I was doing audience warm-up for... Uh, Nickelodeon Studios and TV shows that they were doing, and mm-hmm. she was directing um, 
Oh, gosh, what was she directing? Uh, she was directing a show. I, mm. I don't remember which one. I did yeah. so many shows. And this is when Nickelodeon Studios was an actual working production studio at Universal yes. Orlando. Yes. So I got to work with her, and um, one, no one was allowed to call her Tootie. She would flip oh, her shit. Oh, I'm you sure. You couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. Uh, two, she was never rude to me, but holy God. Oh, no. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, pain in the ass to everyone else really like just yeah <gasps> just not tootie was not nice oh my oh yeah very very she was damn near blair oh wow uh, with uh, and not blair from facts of life blair uh from the exorcist um, <laughs> it was it, like she and was, this is late 90s so this is yeah post-living single so she already yeah. had she'd already had both of her big shows and mm-hmm. her fame and all yeah. that wow yeah she was a little she was a little terror that is so too bad. That's, yeah. that's crushing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, the only other thing I ask at this point before we end the show is, uh, quickly, off the top of your head, name a commercial from your childhood. When I say a commercial from your childhood, what do you say? I say time to make the donuts. Time to make, oh my God. <laughs> I loved those commercials. And I love me my dunks. Yes. Because it was based out of... Um, I think they're based out of Canton, Massachusetts now, which is mm. actually where my, my mother grew up oh, no way. Uh, in Canton because I'm from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I feel like they started, Dunkin' Donuts started in Stoughton or something like that. Has anyone done that? Has anyone brought that one up? They have not. Wow. It's Quincy. Quincy is where Dunkin' came from. Quincy mm. is south of Boston, mm-hmm. uh, not far from Canton and not far from where. I grew up in Brockton. So, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, they've only permeated central florida like in the last five years or so i feel like they became really really big yeah i guess yeah when when i first moved here back in early 90s they were nothing yeah and and i left a place massachusetts where there is one on every Every, street corner oh my god every corner of every street in the in the every tiniest town yeah it was insane oh i'm gonna find some of those on the youtube (laughs) i am going to relish yes doing that search and watching those that's awesome well ali thank you so much for doing this this has been fun for me i hope it was everything you hoped it would be i I had a blast approached me and uh, i always love when people come back and want to do it again so i hope i'll have you back and we can do this again that'd be great um do you mind if i plug plug something yeah my fives of listeners Yes. Your phone will not stop ringing. Excellent. Plug something. uh, Please, uh, have a listen to my podcast. It is called Two Fat Dads Podcast. It is spelled T-O-O, Fat Dads Podcast. It's me and my buddy Jason Logan. Mm -hmm. And we just talk about anything and everything, um, topics, sports, um, whatever we can. Uh Um, And so have a listen to that. You can listen to that anywhere that you, um, you know, listen to podcasts. We're on there. And How long have you been doing it? Uh, a little over a year, okay. I guess. We so. don't do it as often, though. We don't have a lot of episodes. Like, we've got maybe 50, I oh, think. Because okay. we only do it. We try to do it every two weeks. Okay. He, we're booked a lot. He's booked a lot. Yeah. And our producer's that, that booked a lot. That sounds lovely. Like, so we only do it, you know. <laughs> and it's probably been about a month and a half since we've done one recently. Like, uh-huh. Because of the holidays and everything has been going on, we haven't been able to get together. Yeah. Um, and I got really, really busy. But, yeah, go check that podcast out. So. Sweet. Ali, thank you again so much. We will see you soon. Smooches Yay. and goodbye. Bye. And there you have it. That was Ali Flores. So fun, so funny. Always enjoy 
when I get to spend time with him. Uh, nothing really to add. Post-show at the end here, I think everything that needed to be said was said. So, next week, I'm going to be watching Season 4, Episode 13, called Magnificent Obsession. And I'm going to be joined by another very special guest. That is all for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash face the facts pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>